It says that in 1 Corinthians 11.23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So you're saying something. When you take communion, you are saying something. You are proclaiming something, okay? That's going to be important in a second. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And uh, for he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself. If he does not judge the body talking about the body of Christ, if, he, if they don't judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. That word, that word there, number sleep, means many are dead. In other words, because they don't do some things right, they don't receive the healing that they're supposed to have out of it, and a number of them have actually passed away. In, in other words, what's he saying? When we take this, this is important. This is an important deal. It's not something to be done lightly. You want to make sure that you have challenged your heart. Now, most of the time when you hear this uh, talked about and preached like this, most of the time what you will see is that people will say, well, you need to know Jesus. You need to not have any sin that's going on in your life. And I would agree, those, those are huge. That's a huge thing. You don't need to, you don't need to remember Jesus with the cup and the bread, and then you're like, well, I got a bunch of junk in my life, but I'm going to you know, take the body and the blood even though I have junk. That's not a good thing. Okay? And that's what it's saying is, look, when you do this, you're remembering the price that he paid, and you're saying that the price that he paid, the price that he paid is worthy of me taking my own actions and matching them to what he did. In other words, if, if he paid with his life, then the least that I can do, Romans says, Romans says, my reasonable service is to give my life as a living sacrifice. So I need to make sure that if I judge correctly, I judge, is that cutting out? Yes. Sounds like the battery might be going. I judge correctly then I'm going to say, what is this worth? What was the body and the blood of Jesus worth? What was it worth? At the very least, Roman tells us that the body and the blood of Christ was worth me giving him my decisions, truly making him Lord, and stop making excuses for walking in sin, but to receive him, listen to this, to receive him, as he is, as he really is. Amen. So now in Matthew chapter 8, I think it's verse 17, it says that on the cross he bore our sins and our sicknesses. So now 
here's what I want to get to today. I want you to judge yourself in that way, but I also want you to judge yourself in have you received him for what he's truly worth? In other words, if, why did he bear, why did he carry the weight of our sins? He did it so that there was a substitution. He took your sins so that you wouldn't have to carry the weight of it. Does that make sense? So here's the question. If he carried the weight of your sins on that cross, should you carry them again? No. No. Well, in that same thing, he says our, our sins and our sicknesses. So if he carried the weight, this is on healing. If he carried the weight of sicknesses, should you carry the weight of sicknesses? No, no. no it's illegal. It's a part of the curse. And he redeemed you from the curse, right? So here's one of the things, here, here's one of the things that I want us to look at. Have we received him for what he really is? And, and go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. You know, for a year and a half almost, our theme has been there's hope. And hope, a lot of times, the way that we use the word hope today in this life is we use it as, well, as luck, really, is what it is. Hope you get to feeling better or hope that works out for you. And what we're really saying is, well, it can fall this way or that way. I hope it falls your way. In other words... I wish you the best kind of thing. I, I luck that it falls your way. That's really what we're saying. So our, our language has turned. But in Scripture, here and like Hebrews 11 and verse 1, where hope is there, hope literally means a joy, a confidence, and an expectation. And that's talking about expectation on the promises of God. So you see that hope in the way we use it today and hope how it's used in the Word is not the same. And so when we, do you know that when Christ came, He came as the hope of the world. His actions to shed His blood and give His body was so that He would take on the lack of hope, the Father turn His back to Him, so that hope could turn to us to give us hope. And not the hope the way that we talk about it today, but the kind of hope that says, "You, I, this is what I'm giving to you. I'm giving you joy. I'm, I'm giving you uh, confidence and expectation. You know, this world needs hope. The world needs joy and confidence and expectation like never before. But who does that start with? starts with the salt and the light, the hands and the feet of Christ, the body of Christ. So if we don't get a hold of hope, the world doesn't have any. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You see that? So we need, to get, we need to understand. Now look at this verse here. Now may the God, watch, of hope. It's who He is. It's His identity. Now, let me put it, let me break it down like this. Now, may the God of joy. Yeah. Now, may the God of confidence. Yeah. We're not talking about pipe dream theory. This is reality. No, 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 no. He's not, uh, maybe you'll get some confidence out of him. He's confidence itself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, may the God of hope, the God of 
confidence, the God of joy, the God of expectation. In other words, if I'm not carrying joy, if I'm not carrying confidence, if I'm not carrying expectation, I'm not in hope, I haven't received Him as hope, and I'm not putting on hope. Well, that just sounds like a fairy tale. Well, to a lot of people, it has been a fairy tale. That's why I'm preaching about it. That's why I'm talking about how important hope is. You've got to take, this is his character, this is his nature, and look what he wants to do with it. Now may the God of hope, he just defined himself, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In other words, as joy and peace comes by you, how does it come? By you believing that He's the God of hope. By you saying, I don't care what my situation looks like, I don't care what it feels like, if I can turn to Him and I can truly see who He is, I'm going to see that in Him is joy, confidence, and expectation on His promises. And if I will believe that, joy and peace in believing will come on me. And this is what God's up to. This is what He actually wants. He says it right here. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit will empower you to abound in hope. He will empower you to abound in joy. Have you ever felt like I have not been in all joy? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. We were just talking on Wednesday night when we met at the new building. How many people felt the pressure of this week on them, right? And it was like everybody raised their hand. And we just prayed and that thing lifted right there, did it not? I mean, it just, it broke. Why? Because we've got somebody we can believe in that's stronger than that pressure. That has already beat that pressure. He's already bore that. So now what we can do is we can look to this and say, look, here's what God wants to do. He wants me to abound in hope. He wants me to abound in joy. He wants me to abound in confidence. He wants me to abound in expectation. He wants me to abound in it. Not just have it, but overflow in it. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it if we don't make a decision to believe. And then you go back to communion, the body and the blood of Christ. Jesus, you were the, Hebrews 1.3 says, you were the exact representation and nature of God the Father. You were the exact representation and nature of God the Father. In other words, if God the Father was hope, you are the, perfect manifestation of hope. You were the manifestation that came to pass. You were God with men. You were Emmanuel, God with us. You you were hope with us. You were joy with us. You were confidence with us. You were my expectation. See, all the devil wants you to do is keep looking at the waves instead of looking at Jesus. 
And if you will look at the waves, you will start to sink. But if you'll look at Jesus, you will walk and do supernatural things. You will walk on the water. You will walk on it. See, you've got situations right now that are trying to rise up and you've got to look at Jesus and what He's already paid for you and who He's already made you. You've got to look at Him. You've got to look at Him. Who are you? You've got to judge the body and the blood. What did it carry? Who is He? What's He wanting to do now? I can tell you what He's wanting to do. He's wanting to abound in your life by joy and confidence and expectation because that's who He is. That's His nature. That's how He defined Himself. So when you take this, you're not just taking another glass of juice and and a little wafer of who knows what that stuff is. You're not just taking that. You are remembering the price of Jesus. The decision to leave heaven when He was equal with God to lay that down voluntarily. you're, You're saying, Lord, I remember the choice that it took, the love that it took to lay down divinity and come be a human in a cursed earth to a people that hate you enough that even ahead of time he knew they're going to kill me. What a choice. And I'm going because I love them. That's amazing. And why? So that I can take hope and I can give it to you. That I can take joy, not just theory, but real, real, real joy. And I can give it to you. That you will not just have it, not just you know, fill up a little thimbleful, but joy will overflow. Hope will overflow. Confidence will overflow, abound in you. Expectation. Oh, God's going to come through. Well, how's it going to come through? I have no idea. Thank God I don't have to. How, what channel was he going to use to overflow your life? Who knows? Who cares? It's just going to overflow, praise God. That's who he is. So all of a sudden, we look at this and we see something more than just a little wafer and a little thimble of juice. We see hope. We judge him correctly. But we also say this, that if that's what you were willing to pay, Jesus, if you were willing to pay that, I remember the price. I remember the weight. (laughs) I remember the value that the Father put on His life. I remember the value that He put on His life. It was huge. He's my only one. That value, if you value something so highly, Lord, if you value Jesus so highly, Jesus, if you valued us so highly and and the price to pay for us so highly, then there's only one choice left for me to make. If I'm truly a believer and I'm going to have all joy and peace and believing, a believer, faith without works is dead. In other words, I can say I love Jesus all day long, but until I start living it, do I really believe? Have I really chosen to have faith and trust Him. In other words, my actions need to start lining up. In other words, I don't just take this lightly enough to say, oh yeah, thank you for everything you've done, appreciate it, and back to sin. I say, 
thank you, God. I remember. I judge. I make covenant with him. I remember the covenant he made with me. And I take that covenant, I accept that covenant, and I say, now, I accept you. You abide in me. And now me, abide in God. Let me walk in his ways. Let me walk out what he wants me to walk out. Let me me live in the places that he wants me to live. Let me put down the stuff that I know is not him. And here's the thing. Romans 8.32 says, if he was willing to give you this, how, how will he, how in the world would he not freely give you all things with him? He won't. He will give you all that stuff. All that other stuff pales in comparison to his son. It doesn't even come close. So it's saying, you know, Lord, all up to this point right here, Man, I was scratching and clawing and going after the things of the world and and all I had to come out of that was empty hands, really. Even if I've got something for a moment, it's just temporary. But he says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek first Him and His kingdom and His righteousness and all those things will be added to me. And so, Lord, I I realize that when I lay down my sin, when I lay down things that my flesh really wants to do, all, all I'm really doing is just lining up with you. I'm esteeming what you gave, the body and the blood. I'm esteeming those things. And as I go after you, even if there's something I really want to do, my flesh really wants to do, we were talking about fasting, like eating, right? Even if there's something I really want to do, if you are truly calling me to that, then I will find the things that I actually need, want, and desire. He will meet the desires of my heart when I line up with His way. So today, So today I I hope (laughs) that you look at the body and the blood a little different. Who are you receiving? Are you receiving empty promises? Just another checkbox to make your day feel good for the next 30 minutes? Or are you receiving the light of the world? Are Are you just going through another communion a vial of juice and a little untasty wafer, checking the box off? Or today, do you make him your Lord? He's the director. He's the one. Are are we examining ourselves? And then what is, if he says that if we don't examine ourselves, then a lot of people are sick and dead, what happens when we do examine ourselves? What he's saying there by context is when we esteem him properly, we we start stepping into the blessings of God. The true hope manifested, not just hope in a theory one day sometime, maybe I'll get there in the sweet by and by. No, 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 no. He's talking about they are sick on earth 
because there's no sickness in heaven. He's talking about they're sick on earth because they haven't esteemed it. Well, the context is if I will esteem this properly, I will step into the blessings of God and the love of God made manifest, made real. All of a sudden that gives me a hope, not just in eternity, but a right now hope. Now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All of a sudden, this becomes very real, and it's not just theory, and it's not just checking a box. It's not just making us feel good. It's becoming something real. And it doesn't. It started with Jesus. It started with God. It says we love because he, he first loved us, and how did he loved us? love us? Right here. The body and the blood was proof and manifestation of his love. But now it's not, we're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. Will we judge ourselves? So right now I just ask you, with the body and the blood in mind and, and remembering what Jesus did, the choice he made to lay down his godliness step away from the throne of heaven, enter into a cursed world filled with people that did not love him, that hated him, that were his enemies, according to Romans 5, is filled with those people. Would he... What kind of decision was that? Do we, do we judge the, the size of that decision and the size of that heart? Do we, do we look at that and see what was the price to give his life knowing that he was walking into certain death? Not my will, Lord. Look, I don't want to do this. But yours be done knowing the end result of that is I'm dying for these people that hate me. And now all these people that say they love me, none of them going to be hanging around in just a minute. Am I judging that properly enough to say, Lord, let me change my life. Let me change my actions. Let me change my thoughts. Let me put down and submit the flesh. Get rid of sin. Pick up your hope, real hope, not just a theory, but the reality of it, and live it out so that the world can see your hope shining in me. So I just ask all of you, just pray this prayer. Just say, Father, today I see the choice of Jesus' love to leave heaven and to die for me. He took my sins and he carried them so that I wouldn't have to. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. The Lord, who is the director of my life. He makes the choices. I'm willing and obedient. And we'll eat the good of the land because of it. And I believe that he died and that you brought him back to life. And according to Ephesians 2, when you raised him up, you raised me up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places. Hope, rise up in me. Sin, 
I have no more part with you. I'm choosing Jesus. To think on him and to act like him from this day forward. Now, Lord, right now we just we take a look at our lives. If there's anything there that you're saying, man, i got to get rid of that. Tell it to the Lord right now. Just say, Lord, all right, I hear you. I see that area. I'm dropping it. It's not mine anymore. It's not who I am. Some, I might not know how. I don't know how I'm going to be empowered to do that, but I receive it. And I'm dropping that right now. And I'm going to tell you, you probably shouldn't go tell everybody the thing that you're dropping. But I will tell you this, there's some grace that's given out when you humble yourself to the right people. If you don't know anybody else that's the right person and you're sure of it, come tell me. Because when you confess your sins one to another, there's a power of God that's released. And there's something about that that helps you break that, that hold over your life. Maybe it's fear. I say, Lord, I'm not fearing anymore. Fear is over. I'm taking hope. Maybe it's stuff you're seeing on the computer screen. Who knows? But I'm not doing it anymore. Lord, I give it to you today. I judge myself. I'm not taking this knowing that I'm going back to it. I'm taking this knowing that today is a new day. So just take another second with you and the Holy Spirit and with the Father who loves you so much. Because I promise you, if he's asking you to give up something, he's got something much, 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 much better right around the corner that you might not can see. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just judge ourselves this morning. We are your people, walking in your ways, walking in your hope. And Lord, even for us to deny hope, to not have joy, to not have confidence, to not have expectation is to not receive you and not judge you properly. So joy, come on people. Confidence, come expectation of the promises of God and the character and nature of God rise up in people. Lord, we receive hope today as we take the body and the blood. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take it. See, this is what's happened every time I've tried to play that video. I may just try to play it for the rest of the year. This is like, I want to say a Christmas miracle, but I'm going to just say spring miracle because we're done. Some people are like, oh, my gracious, God is alive. There is hope. They're like, what just happened? I don't know. I might even get a... Get a Holy Ghost dance out. Of, I'm dismissing you before 12. Oh my gracious. I can feel my redness. You know. But you know what? I just gave you everything you needed for today. Amen. Put on Jesus. Make those decisions.